OT Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius. And you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. OT geniuses and welcome back to another episode guys and last week we had Mandy Chamberlain on and we had her we have her on again this week so Mandy thank you for coming back on and being with us again we're just very grateful for all the, the wisdom that you've been providing us and looking forward to what else you have to say and so it's been a great value not only as I shared in the last episode, just to, to others, um, but to myself. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. And just welcome back. So Mandy, I would love to dive into a little more about your journey with working with the older population. I know that you worked in, in home health and SNP and neuro and all of yeah. this other, all these great, awesome type of settings and with different populations, but what led you to want to work with the older adult population? Like, why not even Pete's, for example? Why, why not Pete's? Because <laughs> Pete scares me. <laughs> no, I think everyone has an OT story about how and why they get into OT in the first place or how they yeah. discover it. But mine is like my grandfather, my gramps lived with my family as a teenager he lived on our property. Like he had like a little house on our property, a little trailer house on our property. So he didn't live with us, but he lived with us. We got to hang out and we had a really, had a really great relationship with him. And so we were a caregiver, kind of a typical like sandwich, what the, you know, sandwich family where like my parents had kids and then my parents were taking care of my grandfather. They were the sandwich. Yeah. And he had a stroke and like a massive stroke. Like I was in, I remember I was a teenager and I was actually at his place when he was having a stroke, which was a crazy experience. Like he is, you know, started to slur and we actually thought he was joking because he's like a mega jokester, like felt like he was kind of being silly because that's kind of who he was. And he ended up having a very severe stroke. He had had Mm -hmm. a couple of TIAs prior, but then he, and so he ended up going into a skilled nursing facility and I had had no experience with that. And he was very, very flaccid and he was also a very large man. So like he was a heavy transfer, um, it affected his cognition and all these different things. So I was like in high art, I think I was in high school and I was, going transitioning to college and he was at the nursing home and I was originally going to go into social work. And then I found out about OT, like about how, cause I really like 
psychology and I like, you know, mental health and I like, you know, cognition. And that was kind of always what I was kind of interested in the social work realm anyway. And so then when I kind of learned about OT, I was like, I can do physical rehab and work on cognition. Like for me, I was like, ding. And so I kind of got to help, you know, go experience a little bit of his rehab journey through that. And so that's what kind of got me interested in it. And so I just think like those relationships that I had with my grandparents were so fundamental. Like my entire family is actually has a love for older adults, like all, you know, CNA, my, all my sisters were CNAs, like my parents, like after my grandfather had passed away, like my parents would go and volunteer at the nursing home. Like, I just feel like our family just really loves those, the older adult population and the respect and the stories and the experience that they have. So they have like years of life that they've lived that sometimes I feel like we don't get to, we don't dive into sometimes. So when I was in OT school, I, I didn't necessarily say, I want to work with older adults because I don't necessarily think in general, that's a thing that <laughs> people, a lot of people say. They say, I want, I want to be a peds therapist. I want yeah. to be a neurotherapist. I want to be a hand therapist. And so they identify sometimes in those areas and people don't say, I want to be an older adult therapist or geriatric therapist. But so I kind of was like neuro and neuro is also like, I love neuro. And obviously there's a lot of neuro with older adults, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, strokes. And I really love working with people with dementia because I think it's the cognition part that I really enjoy. Yeah. And it's just, I just love the challenge. And I love, I think part of it is I have a heart, I guess, for more like a vulnerable population. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like sometimes older adults aren't seen the way I see them. Do you know what I mean? Like they're kind of oh, like, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Because yeah. I think of my grandmother. Oh my gosh. Like you're just like making me really, yeah, I don't. You make you rest in peace. Yeah. Um, like, man, you know what? I'm going to just say right now, this episode is in honor of my grandmother. So. Oh yeah. Grandma. I love you. <laughs> but no, she had Alzheimer's dementia. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, I know that I wanted to work with the older population as well. And it's funny for me because when I was in OT school and I read, because I work with pre-OTs, I teach them and I guide them with personal statements. And I actually have a copy of my personal statement as well submitted or like a rough draft, something in there like in my closet that I don't know why I kept it and go figure it actually came in handy later. (laughs) No, never in a million. You never know. It would actually still come in handy. Yeah. I kind of use, use it with my students as like, look, this is kind of, this is what I did. You don't have to follow, like, like, this is what I think I did good. Your story is going to be different from mine, obviously, but these were some of the strategies that I implemented in my writing um, strategically to try to get in attempts to get into it. But in that personal statement, I wrote all that, that I wanted to be an occupational therapist to serve older adults because of my grandmother's experiences and just the role that that she she's played in my life and you know it's just a lot of little things that yeah. I, I love working with older adults as, as well even mm-hmm. though I work with feeds and I was sharing with you yeah that you know I even though I never like if you were to talk to me five years ago and I would be very quote-unquote anti-pediatrics I'd be like no, <laughs> you won't catch me in a pediatric clinic developed I really genuinely had developed such a appreciation for it 
And so you just never know where life is going to You never know. Skills that you can use and some of the things that you learn from pediatrics can actually be applicable to working with older adults. 100%. So it's really, really neat. And I just remember implementing a lot of the stuff that I was learning in OT school with my grandmother, for example, because like even at night, one of the, uh, you know, she would get not necessarily lost. In Wander. The house. It wasn't like a, it's not a big house, but yeah, you know, maybe she would get the room confused and she would think that my room was her room or something yes. like that. Yes. And so we basically just put her name and like mm-hmm. grandma's room. And so yeah. she would see that my room. And yeah. then we labeled everything too. I remember, yeah. Mandy, like mm-hmm. every drawer. So this is where your shirts are. This is where your yeah. underwear is. Yep. This is where your pants are. And because of that, it made my life, my mother's life, yes. so much easier. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of those things are really fun. I think fun because yeah. you're helping the patient or your client or whatever you want, you know, whatever setting you're in residence or whatever, you're helping them be more independent and perform the occupations or like, but you're also reducing caregiver burden. And so like when I'm working in the skilled nursing facility, I'm not going to get on a high horse, but like, I really feel like (laughs) cognition is not always, I mean, I feel like OTs underutilize cognition and our role and how it's so, um, the things that we can do for our residents in nursing homes and things like that, because not only is it helping the patient, but it's helping the staff. It's helping the patient, not like maybe, you know, you have to implement some like sensory strategies because they're agitated or like, the, like you said, labeling and, or things like that. And so like one of my strategies, like we were talking about like the scheduling thing in the last episode, like, you know, like the little, the little tips to kind of help you. But like one of the things that I kind of realized quickly when I was working in skilled nursing is like, I didn't get a lot of quote referrals for maybe someone who has like advanced Alzheimer's or dementia, but I could see them that they were struggling. Like, you know, cause you get to know all the residents really well. And right. When you work in a skilled right. nursing facility, they become like your little family, or, you know, right. these are the ones that, you know, have this going on and maybe you don't have a referral or, or seeing them, but you're like, okay, that person looks like they're distressed. And what I kind of figured out is when I became, I made a lot of re- relation, you get to know all the staff especially the CNAs, like you want a good relationship specifically with the CNAs, I think maintenance department, I mean, everyone, but like it, that really helps your job and it really helps them. And what I realized is once I could kind of explain and show not only that I was helping the residents, but that I was making their job easier. Like they could get the patient dressed because they right. weren't as stressed. They were, you know, not, a, they weren't fighting because they weren't as scared or they weren't right. like different things like that. So once it's almost like my job is to serve the patients and the residents, but actually part of it is like you were saying, it made your life a little easier. Your mom's life a little bit easier. You're, you're reducing the caregiver burden is really how we do it in documentation, things like that. I, I and then it. everybody's happier and everybody's yeah. like, it just, it's just more copacetic. It's calmer. Everyone's happier. Yeah. It just works. And once I could kind of get that angle of like, they actually said, okay, Mandy can help me <laughs> selfishly really. But like, I'm like, I'm here for it all. Like I'm here to help everyone. So it was really cool. Cause like we're working in skilled nursing. I really do feel like relationships with other departments 
I shouldn't say more important than maybe inpatient or acute care, but it's very different because you're with those residents all the time in general, like you really get to know them. So getting to know the staff and building those relationships are huge. And and it's fun because it, it can make, I think, better work environment too. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's just bringing me to think about a story that I saw a while back and I was like, good for them. Like, I, I wonder what OT gave the staff yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that when you're working with older adults and especially clients that have dementia and things of that nature, they, they can get time, just total, com- totally confused. Yeah. And yeah. it's nighttime and they think it's daytime. Yeah. And so what the staff did in the night shift, they wore pajamas. Isn't that cool? And so what that did was when the residents saw the staff in pajamas, oh, it's nighttime. I, I, Doing them. It's, yep. it's nighttime. I need to go to bed. You're, yeah, don't you see me in pajamas? You're right. I need to, I need to go to bed, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and so it just makes things so much easier than just um, like how I was saying earlier, it, the labeling, I remember my grandmother yep. would get her own clothes. Yeah. yeah. Because she knew where it was mm-hmm. because of the labels. We didn't have to be like, okay, let's get you, you know, yeah, no, like, yeah, where's, your, where's the shirt? And she would, she would find it. And, and it was yeah. a team effort. It's but, so cool. And it, and it creates purpose. Like, I, I, yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's lots of things. <laughs> like, I think sometimes when you're, I didn't fully understand. I mean, I did, but I didn't fully understand the importance of habits, roles, and routines. Like we learn about that in OT school and how that's important. And I think that's very, very evident on how important and what our role we can play in that when we're working in home health and specifically skilled nursing. It's not, it's a little bit foggier, right? When you're in acute care, maybe even inpatient, right? Because you're not in your home environment, but nursing, skilled nursing facilities, that is their home. We are serving them in their home. And I really feel like we, people need to think about it like that. This is where they live, like in general, unless they're in like short-term stay or and there's all these different scenarios, but like we are in their home. And so like, I really try to think of it that way and realizing that those routines and those habits and actually provide a purpose. Like, it's like one of those things, like when everybody says like, <laughs> I wish I could have vacation all the time, or I wish I could do whatever I want all the time, which is great. But what you realize is that people still have their routines because it it provides a sense of control and it provides a sense of routine and purpose for the day. Mm -hmm. You can do it for a while, but then eventually people, even like in retirement, they have their routines, things like that. And when people don't have that, it's really really challenging. And I really do feel like there's a depressive component with that, and there's lots of different things, but. I just get really excited about being able to help the older adults, like, I don't know, feel that a little bit more purposeful or have those more, you know, independence if they want. And so that's the other thing is like, I think really being able to respect on what they want, just because I think that they can get dressed every day doesn't necessarily mean they want to. Like if they have a caregiver or somebody that does it for them and they are happy, the caregiver may not be happy in that role. But if the the patient is, that is not a, you know, that's not something that we should be working on. So it's like, I really am focused on listening and really trying to get a good sense of what they want and need. Yeah. Uh, So it's, like I said, I love the challenge of the, of the, I love the challenge of the 
the multi, you know, diagnoses, but I also like the connections that you can build and um, the relationships is really what I love. So that's really, really cool. And at least my experience, because um, so the three settings that I personally have experienced in mm-hmm. are outpatient orthopedic. I have um, experience in pediatrics and inpatient rehab. So I have worked with older adults and like, I too just love the the medical complexity of them mm-hmm. that it just gets you to think a little bit more critically and yeah. it can even force you to really see and I guess challenge you as an OT to find out, should we really be working on this? Should we be doing this as a goal? And because you, you're, you're, you really need to figure that out. The whole um, point too is to, like you were saying, it's that sense of purpose and meaning and <laughs> it, it has a lot to do with culture. You know, if they're not, yes. if, if they're not wanting to put on their shirt and they're okay with their spouse doing it, because that's just yep. how they've done it for already five years already to begin with, then, yep. and, and that's not going to, going to change too overnight or, you know, right. in a, in, in a series, I think of even like a couple of months. Yeah. 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 It's just, I just, yeah, you're exactly right. And it's one of those things, like, like you said, when you work outpatient orthopedics and I did as well, it's very like, you go in there, you know exactly what you need to do. And it's X, Y, Z, you know, step one, step two, step three in general. And, you know, like, I think when you're working in skilled nursing, like an example of a skilled nursing facility, there's so many more things and you do have to look at, I shouldn't say more holistically, because I think that's how OTs end up being trained. But like, I think just like looking at it from a different perspective is really, really important. So it's a great, it's a great population because I would say, also say like in school, like it's not like people in my experience, and I think things have changed a little bit, like, you know, like what settings do you want to work in? Like we were talking about before, it's like pediatrics or neuro. And a lot of people aren't like, I want to work skilled nursing, but I think that is changing, evolving, knowing how wonderful the population is. Yeah. Like, I just think working in like skilled nursing has, you know, there's a lot of sometimes stigma with it. Like people have maybe opinions on, because there is like Medicare rules and different things like that, but there are just like any other jobs, there's going to be facilities that are not the best work environment because maybe they have ridiculous productivity or they don't have the support or whatever. But there are some amazing organizations and facilities to work for. Like I've worked for lots of different skilled nursing facilities and I've seen the gamut, right? Like I know the facilities in my area that I would put, have one of my loved ones live in. No place is perfect um, and there's challenges, but like, do they put their clients or the residents first? Or even like with like productivity, people worry about, like we were talking about before, about how, you know, people get in these Facebook groups and there's all these opinions and there's all this stuff being said, there are amazing organizations and facilities out there. So yeah, there are. I would not be discouraged. And your number, your first job does not have to be your forever job. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be your forever population, right? Like you are a prime example, you know, working in peds and working in outpatient, like you can use those skills in so many different areas. And like my outpatient skills, I use so much in skilled n- nursing or or working in outpatient. I have a different perspective on things, you know, people that are 
in different, it's just, it's just a different skill set that you can use in so many different areas. And that's one of the reasons why I love OT anyway. So very, very cool. Yeah. Guys. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you are wanting to do work with the older population or older adults, let us know. You guys can reach out to us. Our Instagram handles are going to be in the show notes. And we, we, we love what we do. And we are mentors for, for a reason. We love connecting with people. So don't be uh, shy to speak with us. And yeah. So um, any other last words or comments that you want to leave our listeners with, Mandy? Oh my gosh, no. But, well, I always say no, but I actually don't mean that because I always have something to say. But like I said, working with the older adult population is amazing. And it doesn't actually, doesn't matter if you're working inpatient, outpatient, skilled nursing, home health, like you're going to be working with a lot of older adults. And they have so much to share and so much to give. And I think the biggest thing is if you can just listen to your patients, you can learn so much about what they need. In any setting, really, to be honest, yeah. life wisdom. Like I've, uh, (laughs) even, even something as simple as this, like I'll just, I, I, I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to wrap up. But now I'm like, oh my God, my patients are so awesome. (laughs) I remember that I had this one patient that I I was getting married at the time. And Mm -hmm. she tells me, you didn't buy a dress, right? Like the whole, like purchase a $5,000, $10,000 dress, right? And she was very with her money. You know, yeah. like she yeah, yeah. had become a millionaire by the time she had retired. And she would tell me like, I had this business and, and it's true. Like in her, she had passed on the business to her children and grandchildren and stuff. So, and so I was like, oh, wow. Like she really built something huge. Like, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And she's like, don't buy, she's like, don't buy a $5,000, $10,000 dress. Listen, you could rent it. You're not going to be. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that piece of wisdom. <laughs> they know. They know. They've seen it. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm, I'm like, you know what? I It's so true. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I'm going to take it, run with it. I just love their stories. I love yeah. the wisdom that they share. The, every population just has like its own. 100%. Um, its 100%. Own thing. Like if you work with kids, I think it's more of the things that they oh say. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. I can't even They imagine. always say something funny or... <laughs> that you're just like, did, did this kid really just? <laughs> well, as, and it, it's insane. Cause as a parent, I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to tell their their Like, you know what I mean? Like, or their teachers. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I think one day afterward, I'm like, I probably should have not said that. <laughs> was telling me so much about <laughs> school. Like that they were not bad. Things. Yeah. Yeah, it really was it, like it was all great. Like, and I'm like, I really got to know the kid and just home life a lot more because the kid was just so open. And I'm like, Ma, we had such a great session. You know, he told me everything. I'm like, Yeah, I probably. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, they kill me. But that's that, that's what's fun. I think people who like pre OTs or people that want to go into OT or OT practitioners in general, I think. That's what one of the things that we love about it is that, you know, the connections with others yeah. and that we are people, people like people that love yeah, people, talking people. to people, <laughs> yeah people, people and, you know, helping others. And 
it is a profession that you get to do all of that. Like you can get to do that. And so I think it's just, I've just, I'm still doing it. I find it rewarding. Yeah. And she's, she's 19 years in guys. 19 years in and I'm still here. She, she, she loves it. I, I I feel her passion, but I'm just going to say this much too. It's also because she's, she has taken her career in a way that works for her. Yeah. And she's done, uh, she's found meaning in it. You know what I mean? So um, that's what I suggest to all you students who are listening, whether you're a pre-OT or current OT student, or even if you're a clinician and you're trying to, and you're thinking like, I don't like this. Listen, something's just got to change. You could still use that degree in a way that's meaningful to you and work in a way that is uh, beneficial to, to, to who you are and suits you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were created with a certain purpose and certain set of skills. And so just use that and go with it. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yes, yes, no. yes. Well, thank you. No, thank you. We will see you guys later on. And again, reach out to us if you ever if you guys need anything. OTs flourish and and OT genius. So I'll see you guys later. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope this has been valuable and will get you one step closer to being the occupational therapist you want to be. You can check out all of our resources and social media platforms on otgenius.com. The website again is otgenius.com. If you wish to connect with us, you can do so by booking a consultative call on the website or even find us on Instagram. The handle is at ot.genius.com. And you can there join our monthly newsletter and stay up to date on all the things we are doing to help you succeed. We hope that you have a great day and thank you again for listening.